Mr. Pop. Dark. Hello and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. Today we're going to talk about the player cards from the Return to Dunwich Legacy, and boy is it 2019. Wait, what? So we wanted to talk about both of the uh, iterations of the card. Um, so the one that came out originally in Dunwich, and then also the ones that are coming out in the Return to Dunwich expansion. So I guess we can just jump right into the first one, right? Dan, you want to talk about the first one? Sure. The The first card is Bandolier. Um, so it's a Guardian card. It's an asset that costs two to uh, to play. It has a will icon and a strength icon. Uh, and it says you have two additional hand slots, which can only be used to hold weapon assets. While you have weapon assets held in two or more hand slots, you get plus one will. Uh, it takes up a body slot and it has one health on it. So compared to the original Bandolier, this one has an extra will icon on it, and it gives you it basically gives you an extra hand slot because you now have two additional instead of one additional. And if you're holding weapons in two hands, you get plus one will. So what did what did we think about the original Bandolier? What do you guys think about that? Uh, the original Bandolier, I usually tried to use it when I was trying to like have machete in my deck and some one of the cool two-handed guns but i think i almost always eventually gave up on that being effective and just stuck with like one-handed weapons or went all in on the two guns so i was, I was never really that impressed with the original bandolier yeah as a body slot i think it's a little greedy you know because you're committing two resources and action for doesn't really even give you a health buffer uh it just gives you just like one in the very off chance that you might like almost die um by health damage Holding the weapon asset is like, eh, I like trench knife personally, but maybe like you can also just run, you know, that and then just a pistol or something rather than like having to get a big chunky gun. Yeah, you you usually just don't need it. Like if you figure out like, okay, here's the two hand slot things that I most want to have. So now you're 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 saying in order to use my third choice for like a thing to use up a hand slot, <laughs> now I'm also going to have to play this card first, and that just seems like. You know, if, oh, I really wish I could hold an extra magnifying glass or whatever. Well, magnifying glass is way worse if you also have to play this card just to get it to work. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool. I think a lot of people play it when they try to do, like, the flamethrower builds and shotgun builds and stuff. But I, I don't really use it very much. Yeah, I mean, as for the new version, yeah, I don't know if an extra hand slot is useful or not. It it might be, like, a little bit better in, like, solo or something where you might need to, like, hold your lightning gun and, like, a flashlight or something to be able to fight and investigate. You know, Skids Skids can use it if he really wants to boost his terrible will, which is kind of pointless anyway. What Skids have for will? Is it two? Two. Yeah, it's two. Yeah. The the passive, like, if, if you are going to be going for, like, a two-handed build or two-handed weapon build and you also want to ha- be able to use, like, one other hand, then the new one is definitely better. Yeah. Because of, the, like, the passive one will it gives you. Because you're probably, if, if, you if you need this at all, then it's probably because you need to hold a weapon in two hands. So you're already going to qualify for the the bonus on the on the bandolier too. And yeah, you do make a big point, Dan. Like skids and like uh, who else can use it? Like York or someone? York is York subclass blue. He is right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can yes. use it. They could use it if they wanted, but I don't know for this one, still still not 
super impressed by it, but it could it could fit in a couple builds maybe. Yeah, I think so. Actually, when you brought that up, the thing that immediately caught my attention is like a Roland build, like solo Roland, because you kind of have to juggle both. Well, if you want to juggle both magnifying glasses and like weapons to deal with enemies, this kind of gives you an even better way to do that, you know, because you can get both of your weapons that you can get like your machete and your gun out, but also you can have a magnifying glass or two if you can um, get those out. So I think that that's probably a pretty good application for Bandolier that I might try. But it's still like like two experiences, kind of like a lot of experience when you're thinking about upgrading things. I can also see it like if you're really, really late into the campaign and you, you're chock full of experience and you want to run some big chunky weapons like lightning guns and dual wield lightning guns and be a big badass, that would be really fun to do. Like, And I like the flavor too, that like when you have these weapons, when you've got these two big shotguns that you're you know, dual wielding, you are comforted by it. So you have more will to survive. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, the flavor really makes sense that you can wear a special coat that lets you hold a shotgun in each hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. A, yeah, it's a really, really realistic thing. that you. And then you're do. comforted because, yeah. because it's it's shotgun friend belt. <laughs> I think I it's, it. it's actually funnier if wearing the coat somehow lets you hold like four knives. That's actually funnier than uh, <laughs> two shotguns. But I actually like that. Anyway, so oh, it sounds like we're kind of all on the same page about this one. Should we move on to the next one? Sure. So the next one is Blackjack. So this originally was a one-drop asset, or one-cost asset, that um, you can take an action to fight. You get plus one strength for this attack. Uh, if you perform this attack against an enemy engaged with an, another investigator and you fail, you deal no damage. It takes up a hand slot. It's an item, weapon, and melee. Upgraded version is two to drop, so double the amount, uh, two pips of experience, it uh, commits for one additional icon, which is agility. So now it's committing for both strength and agility. It is action fight. You get two strength for this attack. Uh, if you perform this attack against an enemy engaged with another investigator, you deal plus one damage for this attack if you succeed and deal no damage if you fail. What do you guys think? So I thought the original version was uh, not very good at all because it is missing the very important deal plus one extra damage. Yeah, there was You're here. there was really no reason to ever play the original Blackjack. Yeah, so, yeah. but the new one, uh, I think, gives a little bit of synergy with Machete. If you wanted to have like a way to attack without having to taunt something off your ally, if and you don't want to use a gun, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it's also still a melee weapon. And there's definitely another reason to have a gun in your deck is because there's like enemies that like are only vulnerable to ranged attacks or stuff too. So. I don't know. And and it's also because it's 2 XP, so we're limited to basically the blue characters plus Skids and William Yorick. Yeah, right? that is true. That is true. William William can run it. And Lola. Lola could use it too. Ooh. <laughs> Lola, can, Lola can use all of these cards that came out. Yeah. And I, I just think this one is, uh, I mean, it's kind of like a reverse machete. I don't, I don't, yeah, I just don't really know, I don't really know why you'd play it. Like, maybe it could be your backup. You could be like, oh, I'm going to play two machetes and two blackjacks because I don't want to play guns or anything, but... I don't know. The plus two is pretty reasonable, right? Like the the so we see the same exact stats in uh, the upgraded forty five, right? Where but it costs two more. You get the same exact commit uh, icons. It but it has ammo and it deals plus two for the attack, but it always deals plus one and re- ignores retaliate. So the difference here is that 
what 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 the value I guess is being put on for the pips is the fact that it, it is cheaper. You know, it's like a cheaper blue item that you might be able to play easier. Um, and, than... and doesn't run out of bullets, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, this one is not cheaper though. This one does actually cost more. So they. What I, I'm talking about, like in comparison to the 45. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, or or gotcha. a gun in general. Oh, yeah. You know, like a machete is three, guns are three. So like. You know, maybe you're thinking about more of like an economic reason to run blackjack. Um, but if you were to run it, I think that this one, you could convince me that it is okay to run this. Yeah, it's it's at least worth thinking about where the original one really wasn't. Yeah, and it is it is like a cheap item, so maybe there's something York can do with that because he definitely likes cheap items. Yeah, but sure, sure. I don't know, maybe this isn't one that's really going to get thrown out very often, like a knife. But I don't know. I don't know. I I think it went from uh, utterly unplayable to. Uh, you know, there, there's niche, niches that it could fit into. So, yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> All right, well, we want to talk about the next card. Let's go. Ben. Moving on to secret cards, we have uh, preposterous sketches. Preposterous sketches. That's how you say it. Um, very good, Ben. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> All right. Uh, the new version of the card costs zero to play. It's two experience or two pips to, for it out in your deck. Uh, it has a will power and an intellect icon, and it is an insight. And it's, the effect is play only if there is a clue on your location. Draw three cards. The only difference between this new version and the old one is that it costs zero to play instead of costing two to play, and obviously it costs experience for new deck. So it still it still has art that I like. Where there's a dude drawing a <laughs> dude drawing an elder thing, but um, very nice detail too. Yeah. So I mean, we we're, we're we, I think we like the original version, right? I usually put it in my secret decks. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I mean, usually include it as like a one of. I think it's pretty original. I, I I don't know if I'd say I like it. I think I usually play it. It always feels like it's a little bit too expensive. Like the one yeah. way I think about it is, you could just spend an action to draw a card normally. So this is like you're drawing a card and you're paying. You're losing two resources and gaining two more cards, which is usually fine. And what's what it made it playable for seekers was that they're usually playing Doctor Milan. So like in the mid game, maybe they're like trying to, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to restock your hands and uh, you have plenty of money anyway because of Dr. Milan. So it's worth it to spend one click to draw three cards. But yeah, I, I think that making it cost zero, like definitely helps and definitely makes it pretty good. So yeah, but doesn't make it worse. Like it's still not as good as like cryptic research, which is really, really good, but it's pretty good. And that's for two more pips, right? Yeah. Yeah, you get it fast. It's also it's also you can play it on other people. Yeah. So you could like cryptic research somebody else. Yeah. There's just a lot more versatility for the for the for the four pips versus the two. But you know, like it's pretty great that you can in four cards if if you have both cryptic researches, both preposterous sketches upgraded, and like eidetic memories, you just you just get like a crazy amount of draw like in your deck. <laughs> There's there's never a point where you 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 won't be drawing three cards on it. And on I mean, and that's kind of that's honestly overkill. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Even oh yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. But, definitely. But, but uh. Yeah. But yeah. So no, I think yeah. this is uh, I think this is pretty good. I can see a situation where like you start off with two regular preposterous sketches, and by the end of the game, you have one upgraded sketches and two cryptic research or something. So yeah. I, right. I think like upgrading it's probably going to be less applicable to like pure seekers but i think again like off classes mm-hmm. might be considering this more because it is two pips oh you're right like, roland could use it that's true if you wanted to be able to save money shoot who else is a seeker off class uh... um i think one of the new guys is isn't they Finn? <laughs> shoot is there really is there is there um... not a second one that has seekers or off class that there's definitely a bunch of characters that can like put seeker cards in their deck but it's like level zero yeah yeah um i can't think of anything 
Boy, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't think there is one. Yeah, I should, I should, that's crazy. I, should check I never thought about that. The reason but, I've, um, I've been quiet is I'm trying to think of how I'm possibly going to edit that to make us uh, not look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, Roland could use it if he wanted to be able to save money. Sure, sure. I think that's pretty reasonable. Also, I think that it's 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 important to note that so when you're discussing cryptic research versus this in solo, I it's it's much harder to get uh, experience, and maybe that this would come into play and makes more people who play solo happier because maybe you don't want Make to spend four experience. <laughs> maybe you don't want to spend four experience on a cryptic research when you can get like you know cryptic research and or, or uh, soft cryptic research. So this upgraded sketches and then something else, you know, like. Maybe upgrade your melt, uh, your melt to Meltaroni so you can like help splash fools with great amounts of toxic poison forever. Speaking um, of uh, speaking of yeah. Meltaroni, let's let's transition right into the next card, which is a uh, strange solution empowering elixir. Uh, so it's a seeker card. It's a asset has two intellect icons on it. It's an item. It is science. Uh, and it says you can only include this asset in your deck, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you have to upgrade it from the original strange solution after you do the action on it successfully. It has uh, three supplies and it has an action. Spend one supply and exhaust strange solution. Choose and investigate at your location to gain two resources and draw one card. You thought they wouldn't go back. <laughs> but they did. But they did. I think they were trying to make shrewd analysis a little bit worse by filling out the uh, pool of possible upgrades a little bit more. <laughs> Um, I mean, this isn't like the worst one. This is fine. Like it, it's sort of going to give you a bunch of money effectively. It's just, you yeah. know, it's not the one, it's not the one you're going to get. You're not going to get this one. <laughs> this is the only one that you have to exhaust, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if maybe if they could go That's back what and make me. the other ones exhaust themselves, maybe they would, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what shocked me the most about this is that you do have to exhaust it. Although I guess it would be kind of crazy if you didn't. But so what are we comparing this with? Like if, if you want to upgrade your strange solution and you want to get this, I think no, it's you like you don't want to get this. You definitely don't want to get this. You but let's get say Meltaroni let's say you too. did. <laughs> let's say you did. Let's say you woke up one morning and you're like, you know what? I want to get the empowering elixir. What are you comparing this with? You're comparing this with feed the mind, right? Like I think that's relatively close. The the closest other thing that I can think of, uh, like Ursula can run the skull. Which does something similar, you know, like you draw a card and gain a resource simultaneously. I can't think of any I mean, like other effects that do that though. We don't need to directly compare it to like one specific thing. The idea is that it basically yeah. gives you a more efficient like draw slash get money actions mm. for a, mm. for a few. Yeah, like it's yeah. if you were going to draw three cards anyway by spending actions, this basically is a play is one one money and one action to gain six money, but in a in kind of an awkward way. So. Yeah, commence for two books. Yeah, I think it's decent, but you know, we're all three of us are big fans of uh, Acid Icker or Melteroni, <laughs> uh, which, Melteroni. Which, is, which is a very powerful uh, do damage card uh, that seekers yes. that, that makes seekers <laughs> the most really, powerful. Some fighting. might say. Um, so when people say the best weapon is blue, I say nay. <laughs> I mean, the the, bo- the bottom line is just this: this is going to give you a little bit of extra money if your deck is really really poor. Maybe that would be nice, but uh melteroni is just gonna kill people melteroni is just gonna like straight up murder dogs to try to attack you and that's that's what you need it's a tough world out there you want to be able to just splash people with science juice and kill them because anything those who like their value any any card that doesn't let you do that is garbage the old it's (laughs) 
if, if the only way a card is good is if it's a bottle that you like shake onto something and then it dies. That's <laughs> but you know what the best part is though, Dan. To shake it, you don't even need hands. <laughs> I know, right? It's great. Yeah, that's the other reason why it's the best weapon in the game. Yeah, because you don't even need hands. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we're we're joking a little bit, but like I mean this is yeah. fine. Like if you if you were to have this in your deck for some reason, if you would use it. But uh, you got to get Melteroni. You just have to. Only well, what if you're doing a campaign where like you're a seeker and there's you're with like three people that are good at fighting. So maybe like three guardians. May, well, or, I don't know, <laughs> or or just three three somethings that are I really mean, good at fighting. Get get Melteroni and tell one of the other guys <laughs> to start getting clues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you're right. It is that good. Then you can teamwork it to everybody else. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. All mine. All right. So, so yeah, I think, I think this is reasonable for a card, but unfortunately, like all the other ones, pales in comparison to Melteroni. Mean, uh, we, we didn't even compare it to the other two. Is that just not necessary? <laughs> I mean, nope. There's, not really. I mean, nope. <laughs> well, there's the dodge well, one. One, one, uh, which is like one of them like good for evading. Hard. That version might be good in for an age or something, you know? Usually, usually you just want to use the one that melts stuff to kill it, so you don't have to evade it. But like, you know, there's yeah, some select instances yeah. where maybe evasion would be better. And it's the uh, the one that helps you evade doesn't help you evade as much as the one that helps you murder things helps you murder things. Yeah, I guess the one thing that I could think of is if you do, um, if you're in, again solo and you you play shrewd analysis so that you can get your things faster, your, your unidentified things, because there's no feasible way to spend eight experience in solo. I don't think maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe if you're playing shrewd analysis to do so now you're okay with two of the four rather than one of the three, right? Like <laughs> um, healing is good, but like, I think this is just a really solid effect. If you're just playing in solo and you want, you might be surprised and get like the elixir that, and you can kind of be more efficient with your play from there. I mean, alternative way to think of that is now your pool is diluted, so you only have a one in four chance of getting an acidicker <laughs> instead of a, a one in three. But you know, Ugh. it's either you know glass half full, half empty type of thing. Uh, but <laughs> Melteroni giveth and Melteroni taketh away. Anyway, yeah, let's go to the next card. It's definitely your turn, Dade. This is <laughs> the next card is contraband. So this was a card, originally cost four event. You can commit it for a will and a intellect. Um, It's a supply card. It's illicit. Choose an asset controlled by an investigator at your location. Double the number of ammo or supply tokens on that asset. It may not be legal, but it definitely does get the job done. So now we get the upgraded version in the Return to Dunwich. Uh, It is three to play, so a one difference, one, one resource cost difference. You can commit it for one more intelligence, so it's two intelligence and one will. It is also it retains supply and illicit. Choose an asset controlled by an investigator at your location. Either choose one. Place two ammo or supply tokens on that asset and draw one card, or double the number of ammo or supply tokens on that asset. Hmm. I think this is the first time I'm seeing this. I don't remember this. It's definitely uh, one of the problems with the original card was that you very much had to play it at a very specific point in the scenario like you had to you were probably playing it with something like um a lightning gun or something like that and you pretty much only wanted to play contraband immediately after first playing the lightning gun or shotgun or flamethrower or whatever because you wanted to double it i mean you needed it to have ammo to double and then you wanted to double as high a number as possible so having this backup option where you can instead just put two ammo on something and draw a card 
that means that it's even good, like maybe late in the game when you've used up all the ammo, it still does something. So it definitely makes oh, it sure, more sure, flexible. Sure, sure. Or, I mean, you know, at least I guess before you have the thing in play, you probably don't have anything that has ammo or supplies on it. But I don't know. Maybe you do. I, I agree there. I think the the, new, the upgraded version is, you know, much more much more tempted to play it because of the additional options on it, and it's a little bit reduced cost. the 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 new option, the place two ammo and then draw a card, is I like that because it's you know card draw is always great. I don't know. Let's like contraband. I don't know. Most of the rogues uh, are not good at using guns for the most part. I mean, there's so I guess there's there's the typewriter. Yeah, but that's sure. Yeah, there's Chicago typewriter. Not, I think if I, great. I think if you were playing like Chicago typewriter Jenny or something like like if you were you'd you'd have to be playing a character that can't just play extra ammunition because I think extra ammunition is just better to have than this. Oh, but you know what is funny though? Definitely excessive is Jenny's her little twin pistols mm. dumping 10 resources into that and then playing contraband on that very excessive and very crypt chillable but you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean there's there's definitely a point where like you don't need all the ammo uh, unless <laughs> yeah unless your stats are like unless you're not able to pump your stats enough to like pass t- tests reliably uh, in that case maybe you do need sure, the ammo sure, but sure. I don't know, you'll probably be struggling at that point anyway yeah i don't know I, we were talking like you could do something with like a, a larry anderson deck you could use that like stick to the plan and like do contraband and extra ammo and yeah emergency cash or something so that you don't have to worry about ammo at all and then play like you could play your big weapons like lightning gun yeah. or flamethrower or something like that the bar and even then i i'm really i think you'd have to think very hard about putting contraband instead of extra ammunition anyway i think the best place for this is in a deck where you're playing bar right the the m bar whatever thing that you can spend a certain number of ammo on up to a certain amount, right? Because, like, that is the only weapon... That's not the bar. I thought that was the bar. Oh, is that not the bar? I thought that was the bar. No, uh, maybe you're right. I don't know. I thought the bar was the one where I, you, you can spend I a certain the number of ammo. I get really bad blue two-handed weapons confused. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is, it is the bar. It starts with eight ammo on it, and you can spend one to five to uh, deal that much damage and have that much of a bonus to your attack. So that's the only thing that I think that this really synergizes with like specifically so just because you get that number to 16 and then you can do the big plus five like twice or three times um but even still it's like eh. yeah notably when you said larry aka leo anderson no no that's he that's does have right. access you're to- thinking of leo deluca <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't the <laughs> fantasy flight would never have two characters named the same where there's so many yeah. names available, so yeah, how can I forget? You're so, slipping, l- luckily, they they're I smart know, enough to name him Larry Anderson. So yeah, it's been a it's been a rough start to the 2019. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but so Larry actually has access to stick to the plan, which in a recent excursion of mine, I played extra ammunition under that, and it worked pretty well in terms of like being able to restock your big juicy blue items or blue blue weapons. So maybe this finds a home there where you already have a uh, stick to the plan. You can throw your contraband out of there because it is a supply and you can kind of save it for whenever you need to get your big, you know, item out and then you can have it on hand rather than having it clog up your hand and like, well, I could also commit this for two book because two book is nothing to scoff at when you're committing things. But yeah. Yeah. I think if you're planning things out that way with stick to the plan, then there's even less of a need to, ha- there's less of a need to have the upgraded version of this, but you'd be fine with having the, hmm. the level zero sure, one. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that that added accessibility is kind of nice though. That that place two ammo on it when it's completely empty. It's definitely an option if you're going all in on uh, some type of big gun ammo deck. Whether like you probably, you probably won't see use 
if you're trying to just stick with you know machete 45 or whatever but uh or whatever yeah. rogues whatever yokes use and it does a notable thing we haven't mentioned is you can use it on other investigators so you right. so you could right. do it well, you, you could, could do it as a support character to like help help your guardian or help whoever's using your guns i don't know if you have so if you have room in your deck for for such things do you want to do the uh, next one ben Sure. All right. So the next card is a rogue card called Think on Your Feet. The new version uh, is level two. It has an intellect icon and two agility icons. It is a trick. And then the text on it is uh, fast. Play when an enemy enters your location. Immediately move to a connecting location. The enemy still enters your previous location. That's a zero cost event, right? It is. Yeah, and it costs zero, right? So the difference is... Previously, you can only play it when an enemy would spawn on your location. Now it's when it enters your location, oh. which is a big difference that I did not write down in our notes here. <laughs> in addition to <laughs> in addition to reduced cost and the extra agility icon. Uh, and because it's a trick, I think one of the new investigators can use it too. Read yeah, up. Rita. Read yeah, up. So. The best rogue in the game. <laughs> if not, probably. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know, the original card for this didn't really excite me too much because it was, like, pretty specific, but I guess uh, I was kind of looking at it from a multiplayer perspective. I guess if you're playing solo, maybe the original version would have been more tempting to use. And the new version definitely a bit, has a lot, is a lot, has a lot broader applications, because it could be, like, when a hunter moves on top of you or something. It's not, it's not just when you draw from the uh, encounter deck. Right, right, right. And uh, we haven't mentioned it, but having having two icons that are matching icons on it makes it so it's it's usually not ever a dead draw to have in your hand. Like yeah. making just putting two icons yeah. on a card makes it much more justifiable to put in your deck. It's like uh, even if I can't do the effect, at least I can commit it. Yeah, I I mostly just keep thinking I'm not sure that you want to have both this and elusive because they're pretty similar. And between the two, I think elusive is just way more flexible. Elusive does cost two to play, and this is zero if you have the upgraded version, but it also costs two XP, so I don't know. Yeah, that stipulation that you can play it when an enemy enters your location is much more applicable, I think, than when something would spawn on you. That is, that is, I didn't realize that before. That is actually pretty, pretty okay. It also, you can just kind of like actionlessly move, a la shortcut, almost. In a way, you can kind of like sometimes plan your turns, I'd imagine, like around like maybe a hunter trying to get into get into your zone. The Forgotten Age taught us how horrible, um, you know, having like killing something with vengeance is. But also, you know, there are things that would poison you when they would move on to you because, you know, there's the whole when they move their next turn, uh, enemies will move and then attack you. So there's always like they always get in a cheap shot, whereas this kind of dodges that cheap shot and you kind of get to move without spending an action. Um, which is really nice, rather than having to wait for something to spawn exactly on top of you. So Keep in mind, though, that if you're trying to use it to get away from enemies, I mean, I guess the nice thing about this is you can play it to prevent getting attacked even once by a hunter enemy as it moves on to you. Yes. But yeah. uh, keep in mind that, so this just says, well, Elusive specifically says disengage from all enemies engaged with you. This does not. So when you move to a connecting location, I think any other enemies that are still on you would go with you. Yeah. Oh, that were on you previously. Yeah, they would. I mean, that's not going to happen that often, but it's just worth thinking about. That's true. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I agree that Elusive is... But what is as good as Elusive? Yeah, Elusive is definitely a very good card uh, for Mm -hmm. getting away from stuff and moving around the map. Mm -hmm. Is there any... I was trying to think if there's any subclass green characters that would want want to be able to move around and run away more. 
I mean, that's what I was thinking. The only the only other person that I want to play this in is Ursula because I I have to go faster. If there's another card that makes me go faster, then I want to play it. But unfortunately, I can't in Ursula. The only person that I could think is green off is somebody like Leo or somebody like uh, Wendy. I think I just think all those characters have enough ways to get away from stuff. They're good at evading and or they can be yeah. elusive. Yeah, that's I feel the same way. I think there's a good chance that Rita might might like this. She's not out yet, but I think it seems like her whole thing is going to be like evade and run away from, just run away from everything <laughs> um so yeah so it might, it might be good it might be good for her but yeah so maybe worth maybe worth investigating uh later on and i do i do appreciate the art of of the classic thing like where the whatever the scary monster is you know grabs your shirt and you like s- quickly slip out of it or whatever is <laughs> to get away you know in this case it's coat coat or uh, yeah whatever you you know grab a boot or whatever you know that's that's a classic a yeah. classic b b movie or uh, scary scary movie type yeah of lucky does the same thing right <laughs> on the lucky art yeah lucky definitely has like someone's boot like sticking in the mud or something yeah sure does mm-hmm. classic trope there let me do the uh let me do the next card here we go. So this is a this is a, a mystic card. This is a kind of mid graded version of Rite of Seeking. So we've already had a level zero and a level four version. This is a level two version. Uh, it's a four cost asset with one intellect icon on it. It's a spell. Put three charges on it. Action: spend one charge. Investigate. Investigate using will instead of intellect. You get plus two will for this test. If you succeed, you discover one additional clue to this location. If a bad symbol is revealed after this test resolves, lose all remaining actions immediately in your turn and takes up a spell slot. I mean, this is just, uh, compared to the level zero version, you get the plus two will while, while doing this test. But compared to the level four version, you do not get the third clue. If you succeed, you get an one extra clue instead of two extra clues. Yeah. Well, and did, uh, the level four version also costs extra to play, which is an insignificant for mystics. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think if if you were already going to play the other ones, you'd probably play this one along the way, but it's not really doesn't change all that much. I mean, I think it has a couple applications. I've forgotten the name of the card, but the card lets you get bonus experience for specifically upgrading spells. Like this, oh, this is yeah, like Arcane a, Research. Oh. This is like nice stepping stone for that. Sure, sure, sure. And additionally, like I think we play a lot of three player where the fully upgraded version is amazing because a lot of clue locations have, you know, some factor of three clues on it yeah but definitely. if you're playing like two player or four player or solo then maybe you don't need maybe you know getting getting stuff in groups of three might not be as great but you might want the extra intellect still yeah i mean i think i think four player you would certainly still want to get the third clue if you could but yeah maybe two player mode yeah maybe you'd be satisfied with this instead of getting the level four version yeah also again ben keeps mentioning uh the application for subclasses you can you subclass it up um, I mean, Safina. Daisy's the only one that I can think of. Oh, Safina. Yeah, yeah. Safina and Daisy. Daisy's probably not going to use it. Right. Safina probably But would. Safina. Safina would like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know yeah. you like playing Safina, Dane, Dane so. I do. <laughs> Gives her a much needed uh, intellect. Yeah, I was going to say, what's her. Or not intellect. What's um, her base willpower? Is it four? Four. Yeah, yeah, it's four. So, I mean, getting up to a six is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pretty good. The fact that lockpicks do have to exhaust themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also makes this pretty reasonable too in her. I think that sometimes I, I get a little like greedy with with not running spells because she can run lock picks and um, uh, Lulu. Yeah, I mean you can have a pretty good turn where you lock picks, you use, use lock picks, and then you use this like last because you usually want to use this spell in your last uh, last action if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So overall, I think this is like not like a super exciting upgrade, but I think it's like a very usable card. Yeah, it'll it'll yeah. get played more than a lot of these cards. It just doesn't really do anything. It's very new. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, it and it kind of fills in like what uh, like shriveling had as like an intermediate upgrade. Yeah. Have you have you cleared your thoughts, Dane? Are you ready to talk about the next card? I have Ooh. cleared my thoughts, Ben, <laughs> and I'm ready to present clarity of mind. This is the next installment of the Exciting Clarity of Mind series. So this, the the original being two cost, it's an asset, a spell that Mystics play uses three charges. You can spend an action to spend one charge to heal one horror from any investigator location. But now we are ready for the three pip uh, installment of it that commits for two will icons, uh, uses four charges. So that is one upgrade. And you can action, spend one charge, heal two horror from among investigators at your location. So my initial thought is that this seems like a very reasonable uh, he- horror heal. When we, when I'm, I think I remember talking uh, with you guys a very long time ago about horror healing and, and how efficiency, you know, is very important when you're trying to heal. Like uh, when we're talking about Liquid Courage and we're talking about upgraded first aid kit versus regular first aid kit. This is one that is actually a pretty reasonable upgrade, if not only because you can, again, it gives arcane research even more uh, breadth, you know, to upgrade your spells into. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. The original card, because it only healed one horde at a time, you know, it cost money to put in play, took up a spell slot, didn't have very many charges, was never, never excited about the original card. I'm not sure I ever played it. The new one, I think, is more reasonable, but it's, again, it's not like something I'd always want to be building towards. I think it's uh, it might be pretty good for Carolyn, uh, who's coming out, because it heals two horror at a time. Oh, and yes. also because you can split up the heal. That means you can like trigger her ability on like two different investigators with one action. The value. So, I don't know. I th- I think it'll be a, a good Carolyn card. I actually like this a lot. I think in part, you know, for a while, like Liquid Courage was kind of the standard. If we thought that we were going to need horror healing, somebody in the group would get Liquid Courage, and it worked pretty right. well. But this is definitely better. Like, it costs XP, but just the fact that they don't have to do a test is really good, especially that's a will test. Some characters that are taking horror aren't frequently able to pass that. Right. So I think this is really cool in that way. I also think I think it might be pretty good in Agnes, actually, just because it lets you use her ability a lot more to take a horror with, like, forbidden knowledge. So I actually yeah. think that even if I wasn't expecting to need to heal other people, I would probably play at least one of these in Agnes. And I might even, I'd be willing to take Arcane Research, which normally I might not do in Agnes. It might be like, oh, okay, I'll take Arcane Research and this, and they'll kind of like balance each other out. For Agnes, though, is this, like, because it takes up a Arcane slot, I would think that for Agnes, you'd, you'd be competing with your Shriveling and your Red of Seeking. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what the group is like. If you have a Seeker in your group, I think it would be fine. You exactly. just don't play Red of Seeking. You play this instead. And then you're just like super Agnes, where you're like pinging a lot and using this to heal yourself. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, very similar to Mark gameplay, right? Yeah, I mean, this is like kind of like all the healing cards that Mark has, but for Agnes. Kinda so, cool. I like yeah, that. I mean, I would I would definitely enjoy playing that type of deck quite a bit. So, yeah, I think this is cool. I mean, it's not going to some decks you're going to have to take the right of seeking, so you just can't really use this, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the comparison to first aid is almost uncanny because you've got I believe it costs the same thing, right? It costs two to play, and the original one is not very efficient, although you can heal either horror or damage yeah whereas the upgraded version does cost three pips does commit for two will and uh this one instead of healing both one damage and one horror you heal two horror 
um, and then you can kind of split it up. So this is like actually like just first aid kit for Agnes if, in terms of like how you're using Mark and how you're using Agnes. Yeah, and I mean Agnes and Agnes and Mark are very cool, very uh, cool, kind of similar already, and also by far my two favorite characters. And if there's if there's like an analogy between them, there's like definitely an analogy between like this card and first aid. And hey, first yeah. aid upgraded first aid is like an extremely good Mark card. So this is probably meant to be. This is probably a pretty good Agnes card. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I, I like that they basically took the, this is one of the cards in this set that's definitely uh they took the original which we thought was barely basically not playable to making like a oh man, I'd actually consider putting this in a get my deck. So, it's good. I like it. Yeah, totally totally agree. Definitely happy with this one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh so we're, ha- we're happy with the mystic cards. Uh let's, let's take a look at the survivor cards. <laughs> First card, uh oops. Uh, level two is the is the new one. Oops, Oops. all berries. Oops. No, Oops. it's all berries, you guys. <laughs> they forgot to put in the Captain Crunch. It's just all berries. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? So, so <laughs> oops. Uh, so this is the survivor card. Uh, the new version is uh cost two to play. Uh, two pips on it for buying it in your deck it has two combat icons and one agility icon and it is a fortune card and it's an event uh, what it does is it's fast play after you fail a skill test by three or less while attacking an enemy deal this attacks damage to any enemy at your location if the attacked enemy is engaged with another investigator this attack deals no damage to that investigator compared to the old version it gained an agility icon and the effect on the old version was uh, you could play it after you fail a skill test by two or less instead of three, and then you could deal the attack's damage ah. to a different enemy at your location. So I think I think the change they made made this card better. Huh. Not sure. Not sure if I could fit it in any decks, but the new version because you can make it, you can basically turn a miss into a success and actually damage the thing you wanted to damage. Uh, oh, cool. Okay, I was about to ask that question actually, because any enemy means this, the enemy right, that you were intending right. that, to hit. That's right? like the main change, I think, uh-huh. is because the original version is like, oh, you miss, you can redirect the attack. Because it's, I don't know, Dan plays D and D. I don't know about Dane, but like in D and D, sometimes you play, you like roll with a one, and you're like, oh, I made a mistake. I, I missed what I was attacking, but I swung my mace wildly, and oh, I hit something else. I mean, that's, type of thing. that's, that's usually different. only when the DM is a vindictive weirdo that everyone at the table secretly wants to kill. <laughs> wow, uh, ouch. not that Ben, not that not that Ben would know anything about this, uh-huh. but. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right, whatever. But it, it <laughs> um, wow, interesting. So I think that the the original version of this card, I I don't think this was on the podcast, but I remember joking at one point that it was actually a great card because it was like a perfect platonic example of a card that's just way too situational and you just never should play it because it's just not you're not going to have a chance to use it very right, often. Very situational. Like it's a really good card because it's like a a teaching card to explain why this type of card doesn't work. But uh, yeah, the new version, I don't know, it's very complicated. It fits this kind of red theme of like, oh, it's okay that I failed because now I have a expensive fast card I can play that fixes it somehow. So yeah, I don't know, might might be cool. Uh, you'd have to like, you have to be kind of like a fighty red character anyway, which basically means William York. So Silas. Yeah, yeah or Silas. Silas can use it. It's off-class red can use it too. I think, um, what's the new, who's the new one? Preston actually could use this card. Fairly effectively, as could Calvin, because both, both those guys are based on having very low, very They're low base stats. There's a good chance they'll fail a test, but three or more is like a big. That's yeah. a, it's like a big. A lot of enemies are have three or less combat. Huh. Like, there's it's only a few that are four yeah. or higher. So there's a good chance you could trigger this. Preston can definitely pay for it. I don't know if it 
Preston's definitely going to be a character that's going to be very hard to make him uh, viable, but this is a card he could use. So this exists in a cycle of those of those uh, the things that commit for two of their their ability that when you fail a skill test by two or less, right? Like um, like look what I found. Yeah. Then there's the dodge one where uh, you could throw it back in the deck. I can't remember what the name is, but uh, that yeah. also commits for two agility. And then there's one more, right? There's one for will, uh, which is the cancel up to four damage. Right? Oh, perseverance. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's eh, it. Maybe it's not. Yeah, but it's kind of stretching it a little bit, but maybe. This is actually not bad, which is surprising to me because I thought Oops, Oops is like one of the worst cards in the game. And I think the one thing that it did really well, other than not go in Rex decks ever, <laughs> is so in the art, there's a fish man who looks very upset with what's I going on right now. I was looking forward to when we were going to talk about this. <laughs> this image reminds me of Godzilla Final Wars. This is this is the way that I look when I find out that somebody put oops in their deck at the table. <laughs> Just very upset, very ugly, very sad, uh, all at once. Maybe there are eyes on my hands. I don't know, but but uh, yeah, There's like suckers or something. You know, like a, like a. But but now we've actually got a reasonable card that I would be like, oh wow, okay. So this, if you auto fail and it's a difference of three, this is one way to not auto fail, right? Well, I mean, you still auto-fail. And an important part about this card is you yeah, still yeah. basically have all, whatever the failure results are, like retaliate or something, gotcha. will still happen, sure, which is bad. Sure. But it won't, you won't, you won't, ac- you won't accidentally hit your ally if you were attacking someone that was engaged with somebody else. So that is good. But yeah, auto-fail, hmm. because this triggers when you fail, it doesn't matter that it's an auto-fail. You can still say that it's a success. Yeah, notably, guys, uh, this this and Blackjack is a nombo. Don't play these together. <laughs> Could could you okay? Uh, hmm. Could you attack somebody, and when you miss, first play an upgraded oops, and then play live and learn to just get keep keep the attack going? <laughs> wow, uh, I I don't see a reason why not. Like I'm just saying, you could right? you could get this as kind of like a well, when you fail, something good attack. happens, and then you could still live and if you I mean if you succeeded on the second after the live and learn, then get like a regular attack off of it. Wow, guys, so this is like okay, we're picturing we're picturing York throwing a knife at some scary beast yeah, who I think, I think he, the knife is in the air. I can visualize it in my brain. The knife ricochets and hits the enemy that he wanted, but in addition he lived and learned. As we all do. So <laughs> So the knife fell out, came back to him, and then got thrown back? Yeah. I don't know how so that works. You're right. You can do that, Dan. Hooray! Uh, because both of those triggers after you play play after a test fails. Specifically, oops will trigger first because it's after you fail the skill test, and limb learn is after you finish resolving the whole skill test, and then you just repeat it. Mm, okay. So effectively, the live and learn is a second is a second skill test. I mean, don't don't try this at home. Like it's <laughs> it's it's not worth it. It's not it's not going to feel great when you pull this off. You're just going to be sitting at your table looking at your cards like, oh, I guess that happened. I mean, no, but, I, uh, I think that could I think that would feel fun. I just don't know if it's going to come up eh, too often that you'll be able yeah. to pull off the combo. Go go outside. But I'm already thinking of a York deck, guys. Also remember that, uh, like, we're talking about red characters that um, don't have any cards that cost more than three experience. So, like, oops, oops, could be something you buy <laughs> for your deck, you know? Like, uh, yeah. And because yeah. of it, and because there's two combat icons on it, you're like, ah, oh, that could that could swap out for overpower, maybe, you know? As, as I said, yeah. I, de- I definitely like cards that have two icons on it, so I can justify, like, eh, if I have to commit it, it's not like a uh, plus one bad, but yeah. So Ben. 
real quick, the distinction that you made between oops triggering first when you miss uh, an enemy versus uh, live and learn resolving after the skill test is done. If you were to, like, let's say be attacking the ghoul priest and he would, and you missed and he retaliates, this happens before the retaliate damage happens, right? Whereas live and learn happens after the retaliate. So would live and learn even happen if you were to be defeated by that damage? Whereas this would happen before you would be defeated by that damage, correct? You're saying if you're saying would live and learn even result? You're saying if the ghoul the ghoul priest would kill you? Yeah, if he would kill you. If the ghoul priest kills you, you don't even have an opportunity to play live and learn. Well, by retaliate, because this says after after you fail, but would this happen before the retaliate would trigger? Um, is what I'm wondering. It's gonna it's going to resolve. Let's see. I have to. I don't, I don't remember what the exact wording of retaliate is. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. You're out of time. <laughs> oh, no. oh boy. All right. Well, this this brand new Toyota Corolla is not yours today because you didn't answer the game show uh, question correctly. But uh, better luck next time. Matt Newman does have a chance to pick this up. It's um, okay. So retali- retaliate triggers after applying all results for that skill test. So the damage your damage would happen first, I believe, before the retaliate. Okay. Whereas live and learn would just would not resolve. Live and learn you have to play after you take the retaliate damage, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So I, I think this is another example of a card that they improved that you now now I'd actually be tempted to put into my deck rather than uh it just being binder fodder forever. So or- Yep. Hmm. The uh, the original the original one all berries no Captain Crunch they completely forgot to put in the Captain Crunch <laughs> this one still mostly We're berries again. but they put a little bit of the Captain Crunch in yeah yeah and I'm okay with just Captain Crunch I think oh yeah I mean exactly that's Sometimes. that's why the cereal is called Captain Crunch not not <laughs> not like oops all crunch. Right? Like, it's very clear that the berries are the mistake in this world. I'm okay with just Captain Crunch on occasion. Speaking of occasions, let's move to the next card <laughs> called Rise to the Occasion. I hate you so much, Dane. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, so Rise to the Occasion. This is a survivor skill, cost three experience, two question mark icons. It's innate. Commit only to a skill test you are performing, and only if the difficulty of that test is higher than your base skill value. Rise to the Occasion gets plus X question mark icons, where X is the difference between your base skill and this test difficulty, to a maximum of plus three question mark icons. Huh. So, I mean, there's a lot of math going on here, which I really resent. Uh, <laughs> but it, it kind of seems like... What? If you commit this to a test, it's as if your base skill were too higher than the difficulty of the test. Because the plus right. X that you get cancels out the difference between your base skill and the test difficulty. And then you still get the plus two that are just on the card to begin with. Wow, math. So basically, if you are if you're going to take a test that has difficulty Y, your base skill will be Y plus two. Un- unless if it's like if, if it's really high, then eventually you run into that limit of plus three. But Sure, sure. So let's say a perfect example might be um Wendy wants to punch the ghoul priest, right? So ghoul priest has four attack. Wendy has one. Mm-hmm. So with this one, Wendy gets plus five and she gets to six versus four. That's not bad by, I think, like standard difficulty settings. You kind of want like the plus two birth, but hard, it gets a little more dicey depending on what's in the chaos bag and things like that. You could come and you could commit other stuff too, or you could have passive bonuses hmm. that don't, that aren't counted as part of your base skill, right? 
Yeah, but what we're really what what we're really thinking about is is Calvin, right? Yeah, this is a good Calvin card. This is this is this is Ben's territory now. Ben is a pro Calvin player at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was pro playing Calvin that one time when we were very drunk. Uh, so, so that's like that's less impressive than like the guy who professionally eats hot dogs really fast. <laughs> like that, like that's a much more impressive thing to be a professional competitor at. <laughs> So well, the, so the original Rise of the Occasion was a great Calvin card because his base skill is like always zero, unless he's turned into a werewolf or right. something. But yeah, like his base skill is always zero. <laughs> so the original Calvin card was like, oh yeah, like basically every skill test was always two higher than his base skill. So I was like, all right, I give myself plus three on top of whatever my bonus is from having all my trauma or whatever. So the new one is basically like, a, yeah, it's probably going to be another plus two. It's probably going to commit for five for Calvin like most of the time. So yeah, it it seems like it's not that this is this isn't really that much more powerful in terms of trying to succeed on a really hard test that you have no business succeeding on than the original one. The difference is that it's easier to commit because you don't have to be down by two. Yep, that's right, definitely an right, important right, right. point as well. And for Calvin, Calvin doesn't really care because Calvin's always going to be down by two, pretty much. <laughs> and so I don't think this really helps Calvin compared to the original version of the card. And I'm not really sure who else wants it like the example of wendy punching the ghoul priest definitely was a good example partially because that's something that you would never want to do like (laughs) like you're probably never going to do that right plus also how are you going to have the three experience to actually have yeah at the time you're punching the ghoul priest well i guess if he carries on or whatever yeah i think this one's a miss uh the art is really incredible that looks like the cover of like a comic book like that's a pulpy comic it's pretty amazing like this is a good this is a very good image very powerful boy is it ironic that this is the survivor card that is the miss and it's not oops oh uh, whoa I, w- I was gonna say this would uh this would also be good for preston but i don't think he can take level three survivor cards i think he's only zero to two <laughs> so unfortunately uh preston's deck building hmm. restrictions on the back should, it should just say you know what go for it anything <laughs> anything you want to put in here that you think will make this anything a little easier a on yourself cost. Yeah, just just it's fine, and you know what? Skills too, whatever. Just you can put in any card you want. It's not okay. gonna help. It's it's the the last <laughs> thing I was gonna note for this is it is innate, which uh, has some synchronous uh, words. Uh, it does. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it it lines up with oh, I forget what the card. There's there's some survivor card that lets you like scoop innate cards out of your graveyard, and and obviously yeah. Silas has some benefit for innate cards. So that might that True might survivor. just be his deck building. I don't know if it has anything to do with his ability actually. No, True Survivor is the one you're thinking of. The one that you can pull up innate cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, thought it was worth mentioning, but uh, yeah. Still yeah. still good for Calvin. Maybe good situationally for other characters. Survivor doesn't have anything to spend experience on anyway in multiplayer. And so, <laughs> in, in solo, I don't know if you're going to be able to get the experience to, to use this. Or if you're... Well, actually, I guess solo. Solo, is, you're going to be more likely to use this, I think. Because maybe whatever your bad stat for your character is... You have to try to make those tests more often than when you might want. Oh, yeah. You might have yeah, to rely yeah. on like a That's friend true. in multiplayer. You, can, you have a friend to cover you for like whatever the one location that has an intellect test is. But yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Not not as exciting as like upgraded oops or a couple of the other ones we talked about. But yeah, who thought we would come to this? Not as excited as upgraded <laughs> oops. <laughs> and guys, we're here in 2019. And you're definitely right that the op- the art is dope. I think he's shooting sort of amigo or something. Yes, pretty great. I don't know if that's an ego. Yep. Who knows? Yeah, it's pretty very good. Cool. So we're going on a bonus round? Yeah, I was going to say, do we want to talk about the the weakness? Uh, let's talk about it really briefly. I Before we read it, um, can I just get a reminder? Because this is the one thing I can never remember. 
Uh, removed from the game does not mean like take it out of your deck. It just means that's exile. Yeah, ex- okay, because it's e- exile is like actually it goes out of your deck permanently. Okay, uh, the word game is synonymous with scenario, so it's like removed for the scenario, basically. Mm, that's a good way to remember. Okay, that's yeah, a good that's good. Bonus round, guys. We're going to talk about the new basic weakness that that uh, is going to be coming up in the Return to Dunwich called Through the Gates. Is it your turn, Ben, or is it mine? You had already s- you already said the name. But like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, through the gates. It's a basic weakness. It's a pact, and it's a mystery. Revelation. Draw the top card of your deck. If it is not a weakness, remove that card from the game. Then search your deck, discard pile, hand, and all play areas for each other copy of that card you own, and remove them from the game as well. Don't like this. I think. I think this is a card that is much scarier sounding than it actually will ever be because the chances of it like hitting like your Milan or your machete or whatever your key card is, is, you know, like one in, yeah. I don't know, Dan math. I was going to say one in 15. No, I mean, that's, that. that's <laughs> exactly what I was going to say too. Like, I think that, I think it's like some of the encounter cards we talked about in the last episode that seem scary, but really are pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, like the worst case scenario, the worst thing this could do is wipe out something that you have two copies of. You already played one of them and it's already in play. And now that one goes away as well as the one that was on the top of your deck. So if your deck is mostly assets, Hmm. I think that that does make this kind of annoying. But if you, if your deck is like a couple of assets and then a ton of events and skills, I think this is just fine. Yeah. Hmm. Just trying to decide if I like the art or not. It's all right, but I think it's pretty cool. It's, it's hard it's to pretty spooky. There's mist. Yeah, mist is always pretty spooky, think, right? Yeah, as as I said, yeah, it's it's. I think it's spookier seeming than it is. I think it's definitely like uh, you know, you know, like we're not that scared of the auto fail token. It happens sometimes. This is kind of like if you get this and you draw a Milan or whatever, <laughs> it's like getting the auto fail. It's like, you know, like one in fifteen or whatever. Less than that. Yeah, it's just it's so. it's as if the card. Oh. It's as if both copies of the card you were trying to find are right at the bottom of your deck, which. Is unlikely, but can happen. Yeah. You just have to be okay with it. That's true, too. So it can actually almost thin your deck, like, reasonably, like, you know, taking out cards that you don't really care about, you know, and, like, thin it for the rest of the game. And then, you know, like, if if you're playing a longer scenario where you're going through your deck or you draw a lot of cards, maybe it's, like, kind of a boon. And on that angle, it's almost a boon when you're deciding on your basic weaknesses to dilute doomed and you know like all the worst weaknesses you know what i mean like if you draw this instead of those yeah and honestly also keep in mind it does kind of cascade you into your other weakness if you have a weakness on top but even that's fine like you were about to draw it anyway oh yeah that's a good point because it because you draw the top card yeah so if it is so wait what if it is a weakness does it do anything triggers because you drew it. Oh, okay. But that's it, though. Yeah. It doesn't do anything else? Yeah, it doesn't do anything else. Like, it's draw the card from your deck. If it's not a weakness, you do a bunch of the stuff. If it is a weakness, you just would resolve that weakness. Yep. Mm. So. So things like scrying or, like, like Alyssa might help? Like, kind of... Uh, I don't know if... Get this effect to not be horrible no, if you're scared of it? It's not... It wouldn't be worth it. Just take your chances. Like, if it was doomed... Like, like, yeah. That's what that yeah. stuff for. There's a weird oddity with, with this card where it could possibly remove, like, a story asset from the game. And oh, I no. think there's a couple scenarios where that like might make it like impossible to get some resolutions or like get a good resolution. Uh, there oh, there might be right. protection in those scenarios based on like their wording. But I know like Forgotten Age, I think like there's one or two scenarios that like rely on you getting the relic out 
or something, the Relic of Ages. Really? Right. Is that true? I thought there was always like a way to go if you don't have it. Yeah. So in Shattered Aeons, there there might be a way. It might be like uh, it, it might be like I was trying to avoid talking about spoilers for Shattered Aeons, but I think like there's something with like okay. if you have it, something happens. If you don't have it, something happens. And if it got yeah, moved, okay. if yeah, it got yeah, moved yeah. from your deck, then maybe maybe just the the bad the other thing happens where it's a is as if right. you didn't have it. But it, it's definitely like a weird. It's a weird mechanic, and I don't know why they didn't like add that to phrasing that says like you know if it's a non-story asset non-story or something. Asset. But mm. maybe they just didn't want to cram more words in the card. Or, Very interesting. Or maybe, or maybe it's not actually an issue, and it's I was just thinking it could be. But uh, yeah, I would lean towards it just not being an issue. But I don't know. I'd have to look at it a lot more closely. I'd imagine there's some there's there's got to be at least one thing where it really like like if it if it pulls out lita when you're about to sacrifice or into a mortal well, or something like that, that that just feels I mean, really for bad. Lita, though like there's still, <laughs> it still leaves you alternatives it just means you got to fight more hoth than probably yeah probably it doesn't lose. it doesn't break the game it just takes out let's just I, do that real quick i was quick. thinking that there was one or two scenarios where you like need the asset uh or need mm-hmm. the item from your deck oh yeah 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 it's removed from the game could be bad but maybe not maybe it's just like a weird interaction like when the man the paladin mask can like explode from in catacombs or whatever so it moves that option for fighting him yeah yeah overall this weakness is like it's all right it's it's not as scary as some of them and so it's 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 one i'll be like if i get it i'll be like uh but this is gonna annoy me in scenario seven but the other <laughs> other other seven scenarios i won't care about it so yeah it's cool to cool to fill out the pool a little bit add add a new weird option to it that's cool yeah so what what do we think of the the cards as a whole i think like they're pretty solid I was pretty I was pretty impressed by the quality upgrades that they did in comparison to Return of the Night Zealot, I think. Yeah. There's just a lot more usable Return stuff. Return of the Night Zealot, I don't remember if, I don't think we reviewed it on the podcast, but was not very impressed with most of those upgrades. There was like one or two that I think like Hot Streak 2 was good, but for the most part most part it was like kind of disappointing. Yeah, Hot Streak 2, I was going to say. Taking some bad cards and making them good in some way or at least making them interesting. This one there's I think there's at least at least four that we liked and a couple of them that were like, "Oh, situationally this could be good." so yeah 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 it's definitely less exciting than getting brand new cards um just getting like upgraded versions of old ones but some of these seem pretty okay so that's cool yeah and we, we yeah we haven't had the chance to play the revamped done legacy yet so we're hoping that that'll be fun i don't know we'll probably talk about that another time yeah yeah so guys those are our thoughts on the player cards found in the return to Dunwich legacy campaign what are your thoughts on it did you agree disagree with our assessment did we overlook anything? Any rules other than the very specific one that Ben took longer than usual to correct us on? <laughs> Comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at miskatonicuniversityradio at gmail.com. Until then, guys, thanks for all the support, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Also, I don't know how we're going to see them, but, you know.